Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stephon Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux leading women. So I guess not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. Welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We have a great show for you guys today. We are announcing the winners of the giveaway for the entire month of December. There are four winners tonight, a cell phone case, a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, and a signed Evan Ingram jersey will all be given away on tonight's show, but we're also covering fantasy news. What do you think of it? Uh, we're going to be covering the, uh, the Pick'em and Stick'em game, the news and notes, and then giving you a few of the matchups so far for the week. So without further ado, we will start with the news and notes. And, and to kind of lead us into this, uh, to, to talk about the whole Eli Manning New York Giants mess, um, Ryan, what are your initial thoughts? Right now it says that, Per the Giants, Eli Manning was given the option to start against the Raiders to keep the streak alive, but declined. Geno Smith will start on Sunday. What are some of your initial thoughts before we go to Greg and get his thoughts? An absolute fuster cluck um, is the best way that I can put this. This is this is poorly managed by by the Giants. Um, they've just basically absolutely screwed Eli Manning. The guy has won. Two Super Bowl rings for the team, for this organization. I'm not saying that he's been playing great this year, but he also lost his top two receiving targets. He just, he's had nothing to work with this year. And so I can understand them wanting to, wanting to see what they have in say Davis Webb or something like that. But to give it over to Geno Smith, seriously, either just give it to Davis Webb or don't. And leave Eli Manning in there to finish off the season and let him go in peace. You know, release him to go to someone else at the end of the year. But to do it to do it this way is just absolute trash. Yeah, I I would say the exact same thing. Um, Greg, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I, apparently Bob McAdoo thinks the only thing that kept would keep Geno Smith from failing in this stadium is a change in uniform color. All right. Gino's already failed in New York. He's going to fail again. And yes, exactly what Ryan said. Starting Davis Webb would make sense if you want to take a look at him. But treating Eli Manning like this uh, is, is absolutely deplorable. Um, 
there's I feel really bad for the guy. You can see how torn up he was. It's actually insulting to think that he thinks so little about the team, his career, or the game that he'd be willing to go in there like a, a five-inning pitcher and give way to some kind of setup man. What a joke. Bob McAdoo, let's call him the Hound from now on. If anybody's watched Game of Thrones and you look at that guy, the Hound, he's missing his eyebrows too. So you take the long hair and maybe a little patchwork <laughs> uh, facial hair, you throw that on McAdoo, and he's the Hound. The difference is the Hound is a likable character, and Bob McAdoo sucks. I think that's the- – I don't know what else to add. I, I don't understand the move, first and foremost. Um, there's even a report that says, according to the to the owner, the New York Giants owner, that Ben McAdoo won't – there's not even a guarantee that he won't be fired or will stay with the team. So part of me thinks, in a weird way, McAdoo is trying to coach to save his job – to try and see what upside there is to show to the owner to try and save his own skin. And that could because, be in, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so uh, to me I still don't know why and I haven't heard anything. I don't know why Eli said no. Like I guess at some point you can only take so much of a beating in New York, but he was asked whether or not he wanted to start and keep the streak alive, and he said no. So what does that mean for Eli in New York? I mean, there's already articles that are talking about where he's going to land in 2018. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that I, I, I would be – I'm looking forward to seeing where Eli can go to see if he can have some success elsewhere. Uh, what – Interesting landing spot. I know that everyone has always talked. Everyone's talked about most of the year, especially when when the Giants were really just going downhill. What do you think about Denver? You know, one Eli, one Manning brother. You know, then you try to go with Osweiler or Paxton Lynch or or Trevor Simeon. None of them are working. That's just a carousel right there. So, if you've already got, if you can get an established. You know, you get a quarterback who's not—he's not going to blow the doors off the off of it. But if you can get a solid running game to help him out, he's got targets to throw to. Can you imagine man, Eli going to Denver and winning a Super Bowl <laughs> with that team? It's it's set up now. They do have to play a lot better defense next year, but I think a lot of that has to do with the offense is horrible. In the the offense, yeah, the offense can't keep the defense off the field. How how? storybook of an ending would it be for him to go to Denver? Obviously, we're talking about next year, and it's a little bit off topic. Where he goes to Denver next year, where there are solid receivers, the running game needs to improve. But is better uh, than what he has. But he'll have a solid defense. Yeah. So that that is the, that is the script of the two Giants Super Bowls. <laughs> Led by defense. Talented wide receivers and eh, a running back. So, could happen. But I digress. We'll move on to this year. Um, 
A couple of players did not practice. Deshaun Jackson did not practice with his foot injury. Richard Matthews remained sidelined to practice Wednesday as well. Mir Abdullah, his neck injury, did not practice. Adrian Peterson did not practice Wednesday. Of those four, who do you think has the most likelihood of not playing this week? Ryan. Uh, not playing? Yeah. <sighs> From what I've seen, Rashard Matthews is still is still very, very questionable. I've not seen the severity of Amir Abdullah or Adrian Peterson. I mean, Peterson's just getting old. And, yes. you know, so with Peterson, I just I'm avo- I've avoided him all season anyways. So um Amir Abdullah, I don't know. Again, I haven't looked into into how severe Abdullah's injury is, but as far as I could tell, Rashard Matthews, even though his is just the hamstr- hamstring, um as far as I've been able to see, he's you know more likely not to play. And even if he does play, he hasn't been that effective. They've been going more to uh, Delaney Walker and uh, Corey Davis. So well, he didn't play this last week. So the others played and now are sitting out. Could be just sitting out an early an early day in the week of practice. Richard Matthews didn't play last week and is now still sitting out on a Wednesday after being out and inactive. For Sunday's game, that has me more concerned than any of the others. Um, Bucks have announced that Jameis Winston will start Sunday versus the Packers. It is a good matchup if Winston can be anything like his like himself from last year. Greg, what are you, what is your thoughts of Jameis Winston's return this week against uh, Green Bay? Well, I agree that it's a good matchup. Um, however, you know Jameis. Played very, very poorly, uh, you know, before the injury. He's somebody that I liked coming into the season uh, that, you know, I thought was going to take that step forward and that leap, much like you've seen from Jared Goff actually make that leap or Carson Wentz make that leap uh, and went and, and Winston actually seemed to have regressed. So, uh, you know, great, he's back. Uh, but his play before the injury was beyond suspect. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of teams that are out of the playoffs currently right now that had Jameis Winston as their quarterback for probably the first eight weeks of the season, thinking every week that this is going to be the week uh, that he would turn it around. And so it is Green Bay, but I, I just don't know a week back, especially considering the, the injury is to his throwing shoulder. I'm a little nervous. Obviously, you're still going to start in Evans, but um, uh, I would look elsewhere because he hasn't done anything when he was quote-unquote healthy before going out. And so moving on uh, to Greg's favorite player, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and his foot injury was added to the injury report with a new injury and was limited in Wednesday's practice. Ryan, are you concerned at all about his ability to play against the Seattle Seahawks this week? Um. Yes, uh, I you know the, the this is this is going to be a I think this will be a tough matchup uh, for the Eagles. So, um, Alshon Jeffrey has been so back and forth. The the main thing that they're that that um, the Eagles have I actually heard on the radio today is that they they want to stay as even on the pass and run as possible. And if you look at how sec- successful they have been this year, like their average plays per game is like 32 and a half passes a game and 31 rushes a game. So um, 
with only you know with keeping it down to like 32 passes a lot of that's been focused on the shorter passes to um to Ertz in the uh, in, in the flats and the and close up front and then you've also got you know passes a little bit out of the out of the backfield um to whoever whichever running back they have in at the time since they're using the carousel there as well and then Aguilar in the slot um they're using Alshon Jeffrey a bit but it's been very inconsistent uh, the same with Torrey Smith. So he's not going to have a tough, um, a too tough of a, of a matchup unless he goes up against Shaq Griffin, who I think is a very solid corner. But if he, you know, Maxwell or, you know, if they maybe, you know, move Alshon Jeffrey in slot in a couple of spots um, against Jeremy Lane, this, it could be a bloodbath, honestly, for the Eagles who, start, who um, are leading the league in first and third quarter scoring. So... Yeah, I, as a Seattle Seahawks fan, I'm very nervous going into this game. I think Russell Wilson will score, but it's going to be a lot like the Atlanta uh, versus Seattle game in that Russell Wilson's going to need to put up a lot of points in order to keep in step with the Eagles. The Seattle defense is not what it used to be, obviously, with the injuries. They're not going to be able to, to really hold the Eagles down, so... Um, if you have Carson Wentz, I would still start him. Obviously, if you have Russell Wilson, you're starting him top scorer in, in all of fantasy. But moving on, Greg Olson didn't practice, and neither did Christian McCaffrey. I'm not concerned about either one of those, but obviously if you are a Greg Olson owner, he sat on IR for a while, you should still have another option at tight end and continue to keep that option should Greg Olson be held out another week to finish out the regular season. And if – and if you're in the same position as me where your other option is Cameron Brait, find get see if you can find get, another option. Find another option. See if you can get uh, Ricky Seals Jones off of uh, off of the off of the waiver wire. Who 2 weeks ago no one heard of. Yeah. Um <laughs> the Ravens running back Alex Collins uh, was not practicing Wednesday and the injury is quote unquote unknown depending on the severity. It could mean that Buck Allen gets more carries and Terrence West becomes active Sunday against the Lions. I'm incredibly nervous about all three of those names. Danny Woodhead, I'm not as nervous because he's he's Danny Woodhead and he's going to be the pass catcher. Um, but if I have Alex Collins, Buck Allen, and Terrence West, I'm nervous about starting any of those three with Terrence West coming back. And if Alex Collins isn't officially out, all three of them could get the ball. What are your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, there's, you know, you're throwing a dart, um, you know, at that point. So I think if all things being equal and Collins playing, theoretically, I guess I like him the best. Um, you know, but otherwise, you know, if not, I guess, you know, I'd rank him, you know, from Collins to Allen and, and West bringing up the rear. But, yeah. Uh, Doug Martin remains in the league's concussion protocol. Uh, Coach Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons said Wednesday that Devontae Freeman was cleared from the concussion protocol and would practice today, which he did. Um, Jordan Reed is out again. Surprise, surprise. No way. Um, the, question, the question really is going to be this, is after getting zero or I think one target and zero catches last week, Will Vernon Davis be a viable option this week against Dallas in the Thursday night game? 
Well, we thought we thought Vernon Davis was going to be viable a couple weeks ago when Jordan Reed uh, was uh, when Jordan Reed was out, and, and even last week on Thanksgiving, zero targets if I remember right. Not even a target. Yeah, it was bad. So uh, I don't know. I give up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, way, my, I, way my season's gone. The the way I am looking at Washington is you have to play the top two receivers. Um, I don't think Cousins is going to blow the doors off in terms of yardage total, but I still think two to three touchdowns is there. He's not going to throw a lot of picks, but they are going to have to throw the ball to score. Samaze Pirine, I'm not too excited about, but um, I, I would go with Cousins in the receivers this week. I would not start. Uh, I would not start Vernon Davis. Um, Matt Forte did not practice Wednesday. Ty Montgomery did not practice Wednesday. And uh, Devin Funches didn't practice uh, at all either on Wednesday. And we're going to get to the last player that we'll talk about, which is um, even more of a favorite of Greg's, uh, is that Jay Cutler is out of the NFL's concussion protocol and will start Sunday, according to Adam Gase. I will let you have the floor, Greg. Well, it's it's going to be good to see the Dolphins' vaunted offense get back on track once Jay gets back under center. Um, you know, because certainly their offense looks a hell of a lot better with him playing than anybody else. And he actually, to his credit, he has nearly a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio this year, which is, in the words or the eyes of judging Jay Cutler's career, one of his best seasons ever. <laughs> um, so, you know, in reality, Miami needs that dude to play. Um, you know, and frankly, Tannehill wouldn't have put up that a whole hell of a lot more than him, you know, so far this year. I think you, you probably look at a press there. Miami's in the market for a quarterback coming this year in the offseason. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while, that is probably the best commentary you have ever heard come out of Greg's mouth about Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. So I, I am, I am, <laughs> well, you know what? It is the season as well. And this year, I am feeling more festive. Just like we had record-breaking Cyber Mondays, I am feeling a little bit more lenient to those that I traditionally dislike, like one Jay Cutler. All right, we'll get into some listener questions now and then announce the the winners of uh, the giveaway. Uh, first question comes in. Pick two, Rod Smith, Kenyon Drake, Jay Ajayi or Rex Burkhead in PPR? Ryan, I'll let you go first. Okay, say those. That was a long list. Say that again. Rod Smith, Kenyon Drake, Jay Ajayi, Rex Burkhead, and pick two. Pick two? Oh, probably Burkhead and... Ay, ay, ay. I don't like Rod Smith just because that offense does not seem to be able to do anything without without Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm back and forth on whether to go with Jay Ajayi or, uh, or Kenyon Drake, to be completely honest. Uh, I'd probably go Ajayi. He's, I mean, he's averaging like nine yards a carry. And he is going up against Seattle, who's like the third best against, third or sixth best against the run. Um, and so, you know, it'll, it'll be tough for them to run the ball but you know Seattle's also missing you know one of their one of their best run stoppers um in Camp Chancellor at the safety position and so who knows uh, 
Yeah, I probably go. I probably go Ajayi and uh, and who was the other one I chose? Burkhead. 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 Yeah, and I think Burkhead's. I think Burkhead's the more the probably the best option of the uh, of the New England running backs right now. Uh, really quickly, just give us two names, Greg. Who would you pick of those four? I'd take the same two. Uh, I would go a little bit different. I would go with Burkhead, and I would go Rod Smith. Wow. Um, I think he'll be more involved in the passing game. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I, I'm not interested in because he's playing Denver. Jay Ajayi, there's too many bodies there involved in the offense. And Kenyon Drake was one of our uh, stings of the week this last week. And going up against a better defense in Seattle against the run this week than he did last week, I'm not looking for an improvement there. So I would lean Rod Smith and Rex Burkhead, although I'm not excited about Rod Smith. Um, moving on to the next question. Uh, this is uh, a question that a lot of people have been asking in regards to Kareem Hunt being on one of the halves of this. Uh, Jamal Williams or Kareem Hunt this week at Flex, Ryan. Where's Jamal Williams playing? Uh, Jamal Williams is playing Tampa Bay, uh, and then Kareem Hunt is playing the Jets I'd, at the Jets. I still, I mean, honestly, I still have to go with Kareem Hunt. We're talking about the number four or five overall scoring running back, and while it's been atrocious lately, just I mean. The 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 chance. I mean, the the talent is there, um, and so if Andy Reid can pull his head out of his backside, um, you know, I think that I think that you know, and he and actually get the ball to uh, to Hunt more than three times in the first half, and then just try to force feed it to him all the second half when they already know that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think that I think if he can figure that out, then they'll be in, then I think Hunt will be in good shape. Greg, yeah, I would agree at this point. I go with Kareem Hunt, just a better situation uh, than when you're looking at in you know in Green Bay. Um, that offense has just been absolutely terrible, obviously since Rodgers went out, uh, and you got to expect that Hunt's going to click it back into gear here at some point. You know, unless Kansas City is going into a total free fall through year end, which you know I don't know is that that's the case. Yeah, I would say that uh, I would go with Kareem Hunt as well uh, because if the Chiefs are wanting to win, they need to get the ball back into Kareem Hunt's hands. Over the last six games, they're 1-5. In, in those six games, Kareem Hunt hasn't gotten more than 15 points and hasn't beaten his projection since week four against Washington. Um, and since week five against Houston, he's had less than 100 yards in every game since then. So they need to get him more involved if they're looking to win and turn around their season. Jets, Oakland, uh, <laughs> these next two weeks are the weeks to try and turn it around and, and once again get separation. Chargers in Miami and Denver to finish out the season. They need to win at least three of these last games in order to have a chance at making the playoffs and they need to turn it around. I would still go Kareem Hunt over Jamal Williams, even though Williams had a good breakout game against the Steelers. Uh, next question comes in. Uh, how do we feel about Robbie Anderson moving forward in the playoffs already uh, for week 13? Hilton, uh, Jeffrey, and Corey Coleman are his current receivers. Would you start Robbie Anderson over any of those three? Yes. Ryan. Yeah, I would start I would start Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's been more consistent, so I'd probably start him over all of them. 
I would say this. I would start him over all three of those because T.Y. Hilton is either going to give you 30 points or three points. And he's <laughs> only given you 30 points three times this season. I was going to say twice. Else, nine times he's given you single digits. Yeah. Um, so a, a, as much as I don't like Alshon Jeffrey, I would leave Hilton off that list because he's too inconsistent. I go Robbie Anderson, Jeffrey, and Corey Coleman. Yeah, that would be the order I'd, tell, I'd go. I agree. I think Anderson's definitely the play. Indianapolis on the road to Jacksonville is not a great matchup. So, yeah, I think you'd go with Anderson. And with we already talked about Jeffrey and the injury issues. Yeah, one thing to also highlight about Robbie Anderson, for anyone who has him, he's scored six touchdowns in the last five weeks. He scored a touchdown every week over the last five. You have to continue to play him. He's too hot to sit. Uh, so he should be at least a wide receiver, too, with how he's playing so far right now. Um, let's see here. Let's get to the, uh, Alex Smith versus the Jets or Keenan Allen versus the Falcons. Greg, I'll let you have this one first. Keen- well, you mean, you mean Case Keenum? Case Keenum. Sorry. Read that. Yeah. I Cause I was going like, Keenum. what the, <laughs> okay. So we got Case Keenum and Alex Smith, right? Yes. Yep. All right, well, um, I think we're covering this one later. I, I actually like Case Keenum, uh, to be honest. I, I think Alex Smith is, is you know, kind of back to being like Alex Smith, and part of this is coming down to Andy Reid. So I'd like to take it away from Reid's hands and go to Minnesota, <laughs> where they seem to be at least playing competent football, saying, hey, look, let's not rock the boat. Let's go with the winning hand. Let's not change things up. Uh, and I think Case Keenum, is, it would be the, the better play against Atlanta. Uh, okay, uh, I agree. Next question comes in. Which is a better flex option of these three? Greg Olson, Jared Cook, or Evan Ingram, Ryan? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I would say if Greg Olson is healthy, you go Greg Olson. If not, I don't like Jared Cook at all. Or, I mean, um, I don't like Cook at all. Um, Evan Ingram, but we don't know. I mean, we don't know what kind of chemistry Ingram is going to have with Geno Smith. Um, you know, my guess is that Geno is going to try to rely on um, on his uh, on the tight end as much as possible. But we still don't know. He may try to force feed it down the field and you know be the turnover machine that we all know him to be. So I think. If Olsen's healthy, you go Olsen. Otherwise, for me, I would go. I would probably go Evan Ingram instead. Uh, I would do the same. Uh, next question to Greg. Do you think it's okay to start Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead together? This player's other running backs are Tevin Coleman and Danny Woodhead. Uh, Coleman, obviously, is probably going to take a backseat to Devontae Freeman coming off or coming back from the concussion protocol. Uh, and the Ravens, just to double check, I know we mentioned this earlier. I can't remember who the Ravens play. At home against Detroit. At home yep. against Detroit. Would would you go Lewis and Burkhead together over adding Woodhead in there? I would. I probably would at this point. I It's an untraditional thing to do or unconventional to play you know, two backs off the same team. Buffalo is a good team. Um, you know, that is traditionally a very tough game for New England. They always play Buffalo, you know, fairly tight regardless of how good New England is. Um, but I think that I, I think it favors those guys better. 
um, than the Woodhead combination. All right, Ryan. Uh, Josh McCown against Kansas City or Jared Goff this week? Uh, who's who, who's uh, the Rams playing this week? Uh, they're playing uh, Arizona at Arizona. Yeah, I'd still take Jared Goff. Jared Goff's been playing lights out all year and has had only a couple of down games. So uh, I, I would go Goff at this point. Uh, I would as well uh, for the fact that Arizona's pass defense has been atrocious outside of Peterson. They have been able to block up the run game. So Gurley may get a little bit of uh, a little bit of a bump down, uh, but I still like Jared Goff the way he's playing um, so far this season. Uh, and so we will move on nope. to – real quick, real quick. There was one question that came in through – one question that came in through Twitter. Okay. Uh, for a flex, pick one, Josh Gordon, Sterling Shepard, Seals Jones or Tariq Cohen? I'm probably going Seals Jones at this point. I agree. Who were the others again, real fast? Josh Gordon, Sterling Shepard, or Tariq Cohen? Yeah, I, as weird as this sounds, I would follow suit because I just I don't I don't trust Geno Smith at all, at all, at all. Um, at all. I'll say it again. I just I do not <laughs> trust Geno Smith. I even trust Ben McAdoo less. So I don't like any part of the Giants this week. So that that would be who I would go with. Uh, and so now we will move on to the giveaway. And we will uh, draw these names uh, through, our, through our app here really, really fast. Um, first up is the cell phone case. Uh, just as a reminder – we will be emailing all of the winners, so if you don't catch the live show today, we will be sending out an email as well because we need to get sizes from you guys as well. Um, but the phone case uh, is going to go to Rob Groves uh, for following us on Instagram. That entry came in on November 8th. Moving on to the Skull King t-shirt. Uh, this one goes to Dylan Mott, who wrote a uh, review on iTunes. Thank you for that review. That review came in on November 5th. I remember uh, that review. The sweatshirt uh, goes to Edgar Aguayo. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Tweeted about the, the giveaway on Wednesday, November 22nd. Once again, thank you for that. And the, he actually retweeted about it again about uh, six hours ago. Nice. Uh, moving on to the big prize, the Evan Ingram jersey. The one that everyone wants goes to uh, a Caden Allen uh for following us on instagram back on friday november 3rd uh once again we will be emailing everybody after the episode today to reach out and get some uh sizes as well as colors for those sweatshirts and make sure we get that uh, phone specification for the phone case once again we want to thank everybody for listening in to the podcast as well as participating in the giveaway we will have more giveaways to come but now we will move on. There's actually one more question that comes in. Uh, Cam Newton or Josh McCown this week? Ryan, I'll let you go first. Oh, uh, God. Who are, who's uh... 
Carolina uh, is playing, playing New, Orleans. New Orleans. And New Orleans defense hasn't been playing as well as of late. It's at it's at New Orleans. Um, I'd probably go with Cam Newton just because of how explosive the um, the offense for Carolina can be. Um, McCown has been a little more consistent, um, but uh, I think you know for once I'm actually going to go with Cam Newton when you would never normally hear me ever say that ever 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 ever. What about you, Greg? I would normally be going Cam Newton, um, you know, but at this point, New York at home, uh, the way McCown's been playing. And I've never said I would take Josh McCown ever before in a fantasy game. So I'm kind of feeling spry and feeling like <laughs> doing it at this point. So I'm going to go with Josh McCown at this point. Uh, I will follow suit and go with Josh McCown. The thing that makes me nervous about Cam Newton is that Lattimore should be back this week. Him not being in the lineup over the last couple or I think over last game kind of hurt the Saints in their game against the Rams, which is why I think the Rams won. Lattimore is a shutdown corner. I think Funchess will have a little bit of a down game as long as Lattimore plays. So that's what leans me more towards McCown than Cam Newton. But that's just me. Uh, and so now we will move on to the pick em and stick em for for week 13. Uh, once again, this will be between Ryan and Greg. We will announce two players who are owned in less than 50% of ESPN PPR leagues. Uh, and then they will compete for who they want on their team and who they will stick the other one with. Starting at quarterback, we will have Case Keenum uh, at Atlanta and Josh McCown versus Kansas City is your two options. We will have Rod Smith versus Washington or Devontae Parker at Miami. Devontae Booker. Sorry, Devontae Booker. Wow. Rod's okay. You know what? Earlier I said Bob McAdoo, and I <laughs> slandered the name of a Hall of Fame NBA player, that of the Hound. And I'm Mr. McAdoo. Even he might be dead. But if you're not dead and you heard about that, I apologize. Ben McAdoo, you can eat it. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's Rod Smith and Devontae Booker uh, for your running backs. At wide receiver, we have Mike Wallace versus Detroit and Josh Doxson at Dallas. Tight ends, good luck with this one. We have Julius, Tom, Julius <laughs> Thomas versus Denver and Mercedes Lewis versus Indianapolis. Uh, I want to make that one as hard as possible slash coin flip as possible. Uh, for defense, you have the Titans versus Houston or the Bears versus the 49ers. And at kicker, you have Steven Hauschka versus New England and Mason Crosby versus Tampa Bay. Uh, because, Greg, you are still behind in, in this, uh, I will let you go first and pick who you like of any of these six positions. Real quick, who won last week? I will have to, to double-check. Uh, okay. I've got the numbers here, but I'll have to double check here real fast. All right. I'll announce it when we're done with this one. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, this is really ugly. At this point, though, um, I'm going to go with what I said earlier and um, ride what Minnesota is doing um, and still go with Josh McCown versus Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I picked both of those guys in the last second. I'm saying Josh McCown. 
All righty. Okay, so Ryan, you're stuck with uh, Case Keenum. Not a bad no, uh, player to be stuck with. I'm almost. I'm. I'm. I'm getting ready to actually pick him up in one of my leagues to play him this week. So. All right. Well then, I think I am going to oh, see. That one's ugly. That one's a coin flip. That one's a coin flip. I'm going to go to the wide receiver, and I'm going to pick Josh Doxson at Dallas and stick you, Greg, with Mike Wallace. Uh, any particular reason for that, Ryan? Because Josh Doxson may only get one catch, but that one catch will be in the end zone. Because <laughs> that's what he does. He'll only catch one pass, but it'll be in the red zone and in the end zone. So, All right, Greg, back to you. Uh, at this point, I think I am going to look at um, – oh, God. I hate seeing the name Rod Smith when it's so not the Rod Smith that was a great wide receiver. It's just <laughs> – it's like – So true. It's like Rod Smith, goon number three in the credits <laughs> of whatever movie that you're watching. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go with Devontae Booker. All right. Uh, any particular reason? I saw some stuff on Sleeper Bot that seemed to indicate he's going to get a little bit more attention this week. <laughs> Given how bad things have gone for Denver, I have no reason but to believe Sleeper Bot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, with uh, tight end defense and kicker left, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans defense over the Houston Texans and stick you – Greg, with your good old-fashioned Chicago Bears against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Fair enough. All right, with tight end and kicker, who are you going to go with, Greg? <laughs> if only because – now, would if you were naming your daughter and you named her Mercedes, you know that there's an inherent risk that she becomes a stripper. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying that that's what Mercedes Lewis' parents were thinking, but I think they might have thought they were going to have a girl, and they wanted to make sure at the very least she had a fallback job as a stripper. Now, when they ended up with a boy, and they went with – they could just go with Tom Lewis, so, and they kind of liked Mercedes, so they mixed up with Mercedes, and that's why you have a football player – who is like a stripper playing football. <laughs> That's how productive he is. I'm going to go with Julius Thomas versus that. <laughs> wow. Oh, and we just lost the Twitter feed because my phone died. <laughs> Perfect timing. Did it die or did you get blocked from Twitter? No, probably actually, got, we probably got censored. <laughs> my, no, my phone actually died. Like it said shutting down and so it's, it's all black now. Uh, all right, so that leaves uh, kickers. Who you got, Ryan? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go with Stephen Hauschka. I'll go with the former Seahawk. And that's really the only reason to – I mean, they're, they're, I think if Buffalo scores much, it'll be off of field goals. So, All right, so to wrap it up, Ryan, your team this week is Case Keenum, Rod Smith, Josh Doxson, uh, the stripper tight end, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, you also have uh, the Titans as your defense and Stephen Hauska as your kicker. For Greg's team, he has Josh McCown, Devontae Booker, 
Uh, he has Mike Wallace at receiver, Julius Thomas at tight end, the Bears defense, and Mason Crosby as his kicker. Uh, really quickly to touch on last week, I did win. Don't want to get into the specifics there, but we will <laughs> move on to the questions. Why don't we want to get into specifics? It was a horrible week, and I won because of a kicker. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. We don't want to give too much a, uh, attention to kickers as, as they are kind of the bane of everyone's existence. So we All did right. have another question come in. While we did that, uh, two-quarterback league question comes in. Do you start uh, – of the three, pick two, uh, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, or Andy Dalton? Um, I think people know my position on this, and you stay away from Andy Dalton at every turn. So you, you have to go with the other two. I mean, the Red Bomber, you, you, never, you never put it in his hands. Absolutely not. The Red Rider BB gun. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. Uh, as much as Andy Dalton – produced last week that was on the back of Joe Mixon uh, and I think Correct. that's where a lot of the production came uh, they finally got the running game going which opened up everything else considering that Joe Mixon has done that once in the first 12 weeks of the season I'm not looking for that to happen uh, on a regular basis so I still don't like um, moving forward with Andy Dalton and so we'll get into some of the matchups of the week starting with the Thursday night game uh, the Washington Redskins are in Dallas against the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are five and six, trying to get back to five hundred for a playoff run. Um, Greg, who do you like in this game, uh, and why? Um, uh, so you know, this week uh, I think we talked a little bit about Cousins earlier. Um, yeah, he's not setting the world on fire yardage wise. Um, you know, on the road, I, I think production could ultimately be down. I don't think he's a great play this week. I think he's an okay play. I do like him better than Dak Prescott if I were choosing between the two of them. Uh, certainly not a Des Bryant fan, uh, you know, by any stretch of the, the imagination uh, and, and not blown away by anything going on in the running back situation for Dallas. So uh, P. Ryan would be, you know, my option if I'm in a pinch, um, you know, and, and looking at, at Washington there. Um, and in a receiver situation, I, I think Crowder is probably the most playable starter. Uh, yeah, Ryan, what about you? Any Anything to add or to uh, be contradictory to Greg? No, I mean the only thing I would add is that uh, you know is uh, you know Jason Witten is a is a as a tight end option. I mean, other than that, that's that's really the only offensive option I like for the Cowboys. Um, you know, the Redskins. They're spraying around enough. Uh, maybe Jamison Crowder as a as a deep flex play. Yeah, one thing I'll say about Dak Prescott, he's been on the stings list three straight weeks. If there is, especially as we're gearing up into the playoffs, and for some of you who may be in the playoffs already, I would look elsewhere than Dak than Dak Prescott as your quarterback. The question that I'll ask is, would you rather start? Dak Prescott or Andy Dalton, Ryan. Andy, Andy Dalton Dal is likely on the waiver wire in some leagues and might be someone to pick up. I would probably say Andy Dalton. Okay, Greg. I never, never. <laughs> I will never say Andy Dalton. I'm sorry, I can't do it. 
Uh, all right, moving on to the next game, Minnesota and Atlanta. Uh, we all, everyone knows the Julio Jones uh, bust out that happened this last week, having the highest fantasy production of any player so far this season. He's going up against Minnesota this week. Ryan, what are what are some of your ideas about how Julio Jones uh, and Adam Thielen fare off in this game, and what do you like uh, outside of the wide receiver position in this game? Well, I think that you know, Julio Jones possibly could get shut down by Xavier Rhodes. Um, I think that Thielen is going to be a matchup problem all over the place. And even if Thielen doesn't do well, I think Diggs could do well. Um, I don't, because I don't, I don't think, I mean, other, outside of True Font, I'm not a huge fan of Atlanta's um, defensive backfield. I mean, the Seahawks freaking lit up their defense. So um, I think, I think as far as the wide receivers go, you know, Julio Jones could have a good game, but Xavier Rhodes can shut him down. So, I mean, you're going to start him anyways. Thielen, I think, is a go-ahead and start because of, they put him all over the field. In terms of anywhere else, um, didn't we say earlier that uh, Freeman will actually be – has cleared and will Freeman practice? Freeman has cleared and will practice. Whether or not he'll play yet, I, he's cleared concussion protocol. He should play. He should start. Yeah, so I would give I – I, I like Freeman. Um, if you have Tevin Coleman, that kind of sucks now because Freeman, the, you know, the way that Sarkeesian is running the offense, it's a one running back thing. So um, – I, I I'm okay with Kyle Rudolph as a as a tight end in this game, um, because you know Case Keenum has actually started to throw his direction a little bit more often now, uh, especially in the red zone. So I, I think there's plenty of good options, and I you know I'm fine with either quarterback. I'd prefer Case Keenum in this game uh, because I think he can be better against the Falcons' defense. Um, than Ryan can be against uh, the Vikings defense because the Vikings defense has played very, very well this year. So, Yeah, Greg, one question I wanted to ask, who do you like better at the wider, at wide receiver two slot for each of these teams? Do you think Stefan Diggs or Mohamed Sanu will have a better game this week? I'm going to lean actually to Stefan Diggs. I actually kind of like Minnesota to win this game. I was wrestling earlier with the, you know, the Keenum versus um, McCown question and who you actually want to go with there. Cause I like the way case is playing. Um, you know, his numbers are right there on par with some of the other, you know, most solid quarterbacks in the league. And he certainly, he didn't start the season either. So, um, you know, I like what they're able to do. So I, I would lean with Diggs at this point. Uh, one question that I did want to also ask is, do you have any, uh, nervousness starting Jarek McKinnon this game. Over the last three weeks, he's only gotten above double digits once. He's scored six, ten, and six points. He's being a lot less worked into the system. Latavius Murray has has blasted onto the scene over the last couple of games, getting a lot of the workload in the running game. Are you nervous about starting Jarek McKinnon in this game? I wouldn't be starting McKinnon at this point. I mean, I think you got to be looking at Murray uh, because, you know, if you look at the offseason, what do they do? They add Murray because they were giving up Peterson. Murray was going to be the guy, you know, and then you go and you draft a running back. Uh, but then, you know, he's lost to injury. So that you're right back to why you brought Murray here in the first place. Um, and he's finally, I think, healthy. 
Um, you know, he came into the season a little bit banged up. And so now, uh, you know, being at least as close to 100% he's going to be with a protective quarterback, you're seeing Latavius Murray produce. So I would go with him personally if I'm starting somebody. Yeah. Moving on to the Detroit Lions versus Baltimore Ravens, two teams that are 6-5, and five, both trying to make some changes in their season to make a push for the playoffs. Ryan, are you concerned – first and foremost about Matthew Stafford against Baltimore, who has been one of the best defenses in the league. And are you concerned about Golden Tate as well with Marvin Jones producing last week and Golden Tate kind of laying an egg? Yeah, well, when here's the deal. When Matthew Stafford is playing well, it's because he's throwing to Golden Tate, to be completely honest. Um, he, you know, using him in the slot, and the Lions do better when they're using Golden Tate uh, more in the slot and actually getting him the ball because he has the ability to um, to be able to create yards after the catch. Now, Marvin Jones is actually really pissing me off because we were supposed to see this last year after week three, and he did it week one, week two, and week three, and then did nothing afterwards. So last year. So that, you know, I'm not surprised that Marvin Jones is doing this, to be completely honest. Uh, you know, um, I do have my concerns about Stafford and um, and Golden Tate simply because they've been disappointing me most of the season in the Scott Fishbowl. So um, the Ravens defense is very, very difficult. So I, I'm staying away from Matthew Stafford this week. Uh, even considering one, one note that I want to put out there is since week six, he has thrown for 249 yards or more in every in the last six games uh, and has produced at least 14 points fantasy uh, for four touchdown scoring leagues. Um, the only week he did not throw for two touchdowns was against Pittsburgh when he for, threw for 423 yards. Are you Even with that kind of production, are you still not, not looking to start him against the Ravens? I am hesitant still against the Ravens in Baltimore. If it was at home against the Ravens, I would be less hesitant um, on the fast track in, in Ford Field. But being in Baltimore, in the slow grass, I, in, in December, I'm a little more hesitant about Stafford in that game. All right, moving on to the running backs in this game. I know we already covered kind of the Danny Woodhead, Alex Collins, Buck Allen, uh, Terrence West carousel Merrick around a little bit earlier in the episode greg on the other side of the ball amir abdul and theo riddick really is the only two uh, of note which of these two amir abdul didn't practice today of these two which do you see having a better game uh, against the baltimore ravens well this is going to come down to health and assuming abdul plays i think you have to just smartly bet him to be the one who's going to have the better game um, you know, at this point, uh, there, there's nothing to love about uh, Amir Abdullah. Uh, you know, that's for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if I had to pick one, I'm going with him if he's playing. But, you know, that, that remains in question, and I would ideally look elsewhere. Yeah, I would go with Amir Abdullah as well. One of the things that's kind of shocking is how little they've involved Theo Riddick in the passing game. That's been the strength of his game over the last couple of weeks. He's gotten like one catch every week over the last two or three weeks. So because they're not really using Theo Riddick to his strength, I would still consider Amir Abdullah, even though the Ravens are going to lock down the run, Stafford's going to have to produce in this game in order to win. Um, but I would still lean Amir Abdullah above Theo Riddick. 
Now on to the New England versus Buffalo game. Obviously, people are going to start Tom Brady. We talked about the Rex Burkhead uh, and uh, Deion Lewis situation. On the other side of the ball, Greg, are you nervous about Tyrod Taylor? Even though the Patriots have given up a lot of yards earlier in the season, are you nervous now with New England playing slightly better about playing Tyrod Taylor and the possibility of his short leash? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could love Tyrod Taylor in this matchup. Obviously, if the, the franchise themselves doesn't love Tyrod Taylor, I don't know how you could be all that ecstatic about it as a fantasy owner. So, yeah, I'd have some concern, uh, you know, about playing him. Uh, you know, and even when you have been able to play him, you know, Tyrod Taylor is one of those guys who's a guy who can win you games in the NFL. He's not going to really win you anything in fantasy. So unless you're just looking to plug a hole, he's not really a great option. Uh, at the running back position, LaShawn McCoy um, should have a good game by all intents and purposes on paper. But over the last four weeks, 25, 49, 114, and 49 on the ground, that 114 coming against the Chargers, who are not the greatest at run defense to begin with anyway. And that was a little bit of a blowout, and they needed McCoy a little bit more in that game. But are you nervous starting LaShawn McCoy a bit against the Patriots, Greg? Um, I would because, I mean, as you, as you mentioned, I mean, the Patriots are playing better, but they do give up yards on defense. I mean, it's it's a bend-don't-break premise, and that's been the case for quite some time in New England. Uh, so, I mean, I think as far as LaShawn McCoy goes, when you're the focal point of an offense, you know, as, as a fantasy owner, you still have to look at that as a, as a good option to start. Even if it's a tough matchup, you know, you're going to get opportunities, and you just don't know what each opportunity can produce with a guy like that. All right, really quickly, everyone's going to start Brandon Cooks and Rob Gronkowski. Ryan, Zay Jones, and Charles Clay, really quickly, uh, what are you expecting from these two in this game? Well, I actually have Charles Clay starting in one of my leagues as as one of my options at, at tight end. Um, I have a backup just in case now that he's been now that he's been designated as questionable. Um, but I am I am fine with um, with going that direction with Charles Clay. Zay Jones, he's played better the last couple weeks. Although, what is it? I want to say the last two weeks he's had like 17, I want to say it is um, 17 targets. Let me look right here. I got it. Uh, yeah, 17 targets, but he's got seven catches. Mine is for been the story of his season. I know. Well, let, okay, let's also be honest, though. What type of routes does he run? He runs a lot of those short, kind of quick hitch type of routes that those are not, never have been anywhere close to. Um, uh, Tyrod Taylor's strength. He likes to throw the deep ball down the field, which Zay Jones can run that, but he's never been really utilized in that sort of a role. So um, I think that it, you know, I think that Jones could be an option uh, this week, um, but it would be like a, you know, if you have like two flex players, it would be your second flex if I were to play Zay Jones. Yeah, moving on to the 49ers and Bears game. I'll cover this one very, very quickly. There isn't really any fantasy relevant player unless you're in a super deep league and want to start like a Marquise Goodwin or Dontrell Inman. That's more in a 14-team league or more. Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo is your QB2 in a two-quarterback league. 
Could be. I'm nervous about starting him without anything more than two passes completed this season in garbage time against the Seattle defense that didn't care to play defense in the last two plays. Um, but realistically, the ones you really want to hone in are are Jordan Howard. San Francisco 49ers have been the worst team against the run this year uh, in fantasy. Jordan Howard is an obvious start. Tariq Cohen, I'm not looking to play. Not enough production coming from him since his breakout in the first couple of weeks. Carlos Hyde still has me nervous. I still don't like Carlos Hyde. But the Bears are middle of the road against the the run. And with Garoppolo, even though he did throw a touchdown, I think they lean a little bit more on Carlos Hyde. I think this is a run game on both sides of the ball. Uh, And I wouldn't look for too much from any quarterback personally. Moving on to the Tampa Bay versus Green Bay game. We talked about Jameis Winston. One question I wanted to ask Greg is after Brett Hundley's great game against Pittsburgh last week and their solid pass defense, are you excited about Brett Hundley going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have not been good on any side of defense? I don't know if I go so far as to call it excited, but it does leave open a window of hope that he can continue this and maybe start to show some progression because – the first few starts for a guy who's been sitting around for this many years were, were pretty pretty bad. Um, so he did step up last week. Um, now we're talking about Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. The Bears beat Pittsburgh. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> That's your last Mike, 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 Mike Lennon beat Pittsburgh. He looked great against Pittsburgh, right? So um, there is something flawed about Pittsburgh. I think we can all kind of see it and sense it, and it'll show up in the playoffs. Uh, when they don't advance all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of the one caveat I give to Hunley's performance last week. Yeah, one of the things that I'll mention about Brett Hunley's really only a quarterback or two-quarterback league or very, very deep league, and you lost like Aaron Rodgers and other quarterbacks, uh, and he's a desperation play. He hasn't thrown more than 245 yards all season. Um, and outside of last week, he had thrown two touchdowns in four games. So I'm not really excited either. They're going to rely on the run game. Jamal Williams is going to have a heavy workload, um, and that's what I'm really looking forward to. I wouldn't look to be excited to start any wide receiver outside of Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb got got in the mix. Jordy Nelson still isn't really being utilized. Um, But, Ryan, are you excited about Evans in this matchup against a, a weak secondary from Green Bay? No, I'm not excited about anyone on the Tampa Bay on the Tampa Bay team. To be completely honest, the team has been a complete disappointment. I can't even be excited about Cameron Braid anymore. That's <laughs> what sucks so much. With Jameis Winston coming back, I mean he's he's had he's got a shoulder injury, and from what I read earlier in the season, it's probably going to require surgery after the season is over. Um, and so. You know, he's played so poorly, I don't see that turning around after a few weeks off and not having any gameplay and then going in, you know, going into Lambeau. Even if he is playing against a crappy Packers defense, I'm just, the only thing that excites me a little bit is maybe Cameron Brait might be, might be usable with Winston back. But even then, I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I wouldn't be holding my breath either. So we will move on to Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. Um, Ryan, are you excited or are, are you 
Now, stop using the word excited about some of these crappy yeah, I games. caught myself. I changed it. Are you interested at all? Are, are you interested at all <laughs> in either of these two quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett and Blake Bortles? We've talked about Blake Bortles having an easier schedule through the playoffs uh, and played well. He did outperform Leonard Fournette in the running game last week. <laughs> uh, I don't look for that to ever happen again anytime soon. Um, but do either of these quarterbacks do anything for you this week? Uh, I, I would be more likely to take Blake Bortles against the Colts than Jacoby Brissett against the Jaguars, simply because the Jaguars have a very good um, defensive line to get to the quarterback uh, with, you know, Calais Campbell, um, you know, was it Dante Fowler? They've got some good edge rushers, um, and they, they're, they're, Defensive backfield has been extremely solid all year. They're one of the toughest teams against the pass, so I do not like Jacoby Brissett at all in this game. Uh, one question I wanted to to throw back at you. Jack Doyle has been heavily targeted over the last couple of weeks from Jacoby Brissett. I think that has led to T.Y. Hilton's inconsistency and in low numbers as well. Um, outside of Week 10 against Pittsburgh and only the two catches he's had, a minimum of six catches, six or seven catches every week since week six. Last game against Jacksonville was six catches, 44 yards, no touchdown, but did get 10 points. Would you look to play Jack Doyle this week as a tight end one? I think you'd have no choice because it's the only guy that Brissett seems to be able to find. Um, you know, I think I think his his is more just target share than it is actual opportunity. So that's where I'd go with that. All right, on the other side of the ball, obviously people are going to be playing Leonard Fournette. But the question I want to ask you, Greg, is out of the wide receiver selection, Marquise Lee, Didi Westbrook, and Allen, obviously obviously Marquise Lee is the number one. Do you like the way Didi Westbrook has performed over the last couple of weeks, getting a huge amount of targets? Are you looking to potentially play him this week if you're desperate at a flex option? Yeah, I think he could work at a flex option if you don't have anything else to look at. Obviously, they want to get him the ball, um, you know, at this point, having missed the majority of the season and just coming back. I don't see any reason for that to stop with a favorable matchup at home against Indianapolis. So, yeah, I think he's a serviceable play there with some upside. Yeah, I would say uh, week 11 – Cleveland, three catches, 35 yards, warming him up. Last week, Arizona, six catches, 41 yards. A lot of his stuff is shallow routes. Indianapolis is 24th against wide receivers. I would look for D.D. Westbrook to have a good game. I like Blake Bortles in this matchup. The Colts' defense is atrocious, so that's where I would look to go. But I would not look to play Marcetis Lewis uh, as much as we we reference him in the pick him and stick him, I wouldn't play him. He, there's a reason why he's owned in less than 50% of the leagues. So moving on to the next matchup, uh, Denver and Miami. Uh, we talked about Jay Cutler already. We talked about Devontae Booker. Um, but from the wide receiver set, the, the question I want to ask you, Ryan, is Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, and Kenny Stills are going up against one of the better defenses in Denver. Do you like any of these players outside of Jarvis Landry? I still think that Kenny Stills can be can be all right, especially with um, they're they're down a corner with a keep to leave out uh, for this game. Um, 
I believe it is. It is for this game, right? That he's suspended. That yes. He and, okay. He, you get what he they, was they, two, they appealed it down to one. to one. So, um, I think that Stills could still get loose for for a couple of deep balls. Um, although with with uh, Cutler officially being back, I believe um, Parker's more likely to get more targets. But I like I like Stills oper- I like I like Stills' talent better than Parker's. How's that? Uh, even with uh, Jay Cutler coming back and liking Devontae Parker more than Kenny Stills? I, you know, unfortunately, I am one of those suckers to go with the talent and 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 veteran wiles over young and athletic. All right. Doesn't, I, always, I, doesn't always pan out for me, but I would go Kenny Stills. I like Parker because of Cutler. If Matt Moore was still playing, it would obviously be Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker wouldn't even sit on my bench this week. I'd be dropping him. But I like Parker if Cutler's the quarterback. Uh, on the other side, with the continual carousel at quarterback for Denver, are you looking to play any of these wide receivers, Greg? Well, I think you certainly have the room to play them, but they're not playing in the typical spot where you would have a Demarius Thomas, you know, at the top of your roster. He's he's got to look at, uh, you know, a low end wide receiver option for you, you know, at this point. Denver's offense has been terrible. Uh, you don't necessarily look for them to be, you know, any better or significantly better this week. Um, so I think you just need to have, you know, realistic expectations on what these guys are going to produce. But are you likely to go out and find somebody? who's a better waiver wire pickup matchup than what Demarius Thomas could offer you. Yeah, probably not. All right. Uh, Kansas City and the Jets. We talked about Alex Smith, Josh McCown. We talked about the running, the running back situation for Kansas City. On the other side of the ball, Ryan, with the Jets pr- basically out of the playoffs, unless they went out, Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, and Elijah McGuire did not play well this last week. Matt Forte now back. We've been under the philosophy that they're going to run him into the ground. Is he really the only starter, or do you believe that Bilal Powell will do what he's done over the last couple of years and really turn it on in the latter half of the season? Stay away from all Jets running backs for the rest of the year. That's that's my philosophy because because they've added Elijah McGuire into that. That's just going to pull carries away from the other two and make it that much harder for anyone to really get into a rhythm unless someone gets injured. So for now, I avoid that backfield because it's a mess. All right. At wide receiver, we've talked about the Jets. Greg, does Tyreek Hill, he's been boom or bust, big boom in the beginning of the season, as of late, hasn't got to the end zone, would you still look to start him this week, even with Alex Smith's woes? Well, if that offense is going to get on track, it's going to come on his back and that of Kareem Hunt. So the only question you're really asking is, you know, are they likely going to do that, you know, this week against the Jets? And the Jets are a, a decent defense. They're the middle-of-the-road defense, um, you know, and they're playing at home. So, uh, I am not all that excited about what Ty, uh, about this being a bounce-back game necessarily for Tyreek Hill. All right, moving on to the Houston Texans and Tennessee Titans game. Marcus Mariota is going up against one of the worst pass defenses but has not really excelled at all this season. He has been careless with the ball over the last couple of weeks with numerous interceptions in the last two weeks. 
Ryan, would you even consider playing Marcus Mariota? No. Um, I mean, the, the, the Houston defense, like, you know, like the Tennessee defense, has struggled with, um, with mobile quarterbacks. I just Marcus Mariota has not shown any consistency at all, um, and until I see that, I would you know I would have to I would have to pass on him. I mean, I'm personally having a hard time sticking with Kirk Cousins on one of my teams just because it's been so back and forth. His great his good games are great, and his bad games are absolute trash. So um, I'm having a hard time even with um, Kirk Cousins, who right now is like the number five, number six scoring quarterback in fantasy. So um, I am not touching Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I was super excited about the home stretch for him, Indianapolis, Houston, Arizona, San Francisco, um, to, to go through week 12 to 15. But 184 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions against the horrible Indianapolis Colts defense last week has me very nervous about anything moving forward, especially with Rashard Matthews still not playing. I think he's the deep threat that opens some things up. I still like Corey Davis from a talent perspective, but I would not be playing Marcus Mariota unless you're in a two-quarterback league and you're stuck and there's no other options. Obviously, you got to play him, and the matchup looks nice. I just don't know about Marcus Mariota and his turnover tendency as of late. In the running backs, do any of these running backs uh, catch your fancy this week, Greg? Obviously, Lamar Miller's the lead for for Houston, but the Tennessee running backs haven't really done a whole lot to be really excited about, to use the word again, um, other than getting touchdowns. Right. Well, in Tennessee, I mean, you see an, an actual exact split in workload. So unless you're playing both of them, you're going to be left feeling underwhelmed. It's a little bit like a Chinese meal, uh, you know, an hour and a half later and you want to eat again. Uh, if I had to pick somebody in the game, I'm probably going to go with Derrick Henry. I think I, you know, upside wise, productivity wise, I think it's, it builds towards him still through season end, which is something that we talked about early in the year, uh, that he was going to be the guy who will continue to ascend as the season goes on. So I see no reason to stay away from that. Never been a big Lamar Miller fan. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really see him being highly effective uh, this week. So I would, you know, if I'm looking at the, the group of them, I'm, I'm playing Derrick Henry. All right. At uh, wide receiver, Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is a start, but any other wide receivers um, that you would consider starting this week, Ryan? Well, uh, I have, you know, in one, in one league, I am between Corey Davis and D.D. Westbrook. Um, Corey Davis has been really inconsistent the last few weeks, and Mariota's been throwing interceptions, trying to force-feed the ball in a couple of cases to Corey Davis. So um, I think that, Depending on whether or not Fuller is back, Ellington is still an option. Um, if Fuller is, if Fuller does come back, then Ellington's not an option uh, for the Texans. And other than that, there, I mean, it's Delaney Walker is the only other receiving option at all for either team. Not even CJ Fedorowicz. All right, moving on to the next matchup: the O and eleven Cleveland Browns are facing off against the five and six Los Angeles Chargers who have been one of the hottest teams in the league over the last couple of weeks. But we'll start with the Browns. Who, if any, would you even consider 
starting this week, Greg? None. 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 Who's, who are you going to start? Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson has Duke Johnson. been his RB1 the, for most of the season. The number, he's the number 15 running back in, in, in PPR. He is the only startable option on that Browns offense. Right. So if that, I mean, that, that would make him theoretically your best back on your team if he's a top 15 back, which means you're probably going to ride him. But, I mean, that's, you know, outside of – I wouldn't look at him as being hugely productive this week, and it's a risk either way when you're playing him. So, yeah, he's the best option Cleveland has, but that's about it. You're, uh, a lot of people are talking about Josh Gordon. What are your thoughts on Josh Gordon? Um, why well, you take a huge, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't have anything to play for at this point, you can take the risk on starting him. But I mean, are you going to risk possibly making the playoffs playoffs if playoffs? by, playoffs? by starting him at this point? Um, yeah, he could be a guy who could make or break it and maybe bring you home a championship. If for some reason, um, uh, you know, Kaiser starts completing the ball to people on his team. And Gordon's the <laughs> recipient of those balls. And I think that's possible because he can throw the ball a long ways and he can maybe scramble, get the ball out of the pocket, be a little bit creative, and Gordon will be a guy who will allow him to do that. But, you know, you're taking a risk on him coming back and having some kind of breakout game. It doesn't it, – the, the chips don't really set up that way. All right, Ryan, on the other side of the ball – Obviously, people are going to be starting Phillip Rivers because it is the Browns. People are going to be starting Melvin Gordon because it's the Browns. Keenan Allen. And people are going to probably start Hunter Henry with all of the ups and downs he has had. Of Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, and Keenan Allen, which is the one that you would start without question above the other two? Keenan Allen because he's getting the targets. Um, because he will still get the target share no matter what from Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has, you know, can throw a whole bunch to Keenan Allen and get some production to Keenan Allen, but could also screw it up by trying to throw a deep ball to, to Tyrell Williams and end up throwing an interception there. Or, you know, or it could be that, you know, they, he does enough to Keenan Allen early in the game that then they can just run the ball to Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon isn't a for sure thing because even in the crappiest of matchups, he manages a whopping three point three yards per carry, um, and is you know is happy to get you know a touchdown carry or two. So um, I think that the obvious choice is Keenan Allen. Next would be next would be Philip Rivers. Yeah, I think a under the radar start this week would be Hunter Henry. Uh, the Chargers have moved away from Antonio Gates, who's only getting like 5% of the snap share right now. They have moved on to Hunter Henry in all of snaps, targets, yardage. Hunter Henry is now the go-to, and he was heavily utilized at the beginning of the game in the opening drive against Dallas and ended up getting a touchdown in the game. I like Hunter Henry in this game. Obviously, I still like Keenan Allen as the favorite in this game. Moving on to the next game, the Rams and the Cardinals. We talked about Jared Goff, uh, but Greg, what are your thoughts on Blaine Gabbert in this week against the Rams? Um, at this point, you know, I, I think we you've got to like what you've seen about, you know, out of Gabbert in the last two starts. Um, I think the Cardinals offense looks relatively better with him. I think he looks better than uh, even they, they looked honestly uh, with Carson Palmer, or at least it's a push, you know, at this point. 
the Rams are obviously a, a good football team right now. They're playing as good as anybody in the, you know, in the division. Arizona got humiliated by them uh, when they went to London. So, you know, maybe you have one of these emotional bounce back games. Um, you know, I think Gabbert is serviceable to to start if in a pinch. Certainly better than some of these other people that we talk about, like Andy Dalton. I, I'd, I'd probably start Gabbert over Andy Dalton. Why wouldn't you? Um, you know what you're going to get out of Andy Dalton. At least Gabbert now is, for the first time ever, playing in, you know, in an offensive system that seems to have some confidence in him and, you know, might have some kind of, you know, view going forward where, you know, all the pressure wasn't put on him, you know, to succeed. So I, I think Gabbert's in a position to play, to play fairly well. Now, what does that mean? You're, you're not going to get more than two touchdowns. You're probably not going to get more than 235 yards. Uh, but he's probably not going to turn the ball over a hell, hell of a lot either. Yeah, over the last two games, he has 257 and 241 in terms of yards. He has turned the ball over twice in each game, but has five touchdowns in two games. That's something to like about Blaine Gabbert, even in the matchup going in against the Rams. Uh, at the wide receiver position, Larry Fitzgerald has been down a little but you like him in a bounce back against a tough defense in the Rams, right? Uh, I think so. I, you know, he's, I mean, he is who he is. And as long as they can get him the ball, he'll produce. Um, so I think that, I think that it's, you know, it's up to Garrett to get the ball to him. So I think that uh, if they manage to give him enough time with Fitz running most of his uh, stuff in the slot nowadays, um, you know, he should be all right. Of the receivers, who do you like better in this game, Cooper Cup or Larry Fitzgerald? Cup. And that's, beca- uh, and, that's and that's because that, – and, and simply that's because um, Gabbard's been depending more on, on the tight end Seals-Jones the last couple weeks. Um, like, you know, like uh, Greg was saying earlier, just basically playing catch with him. Um, and Cup has been, has been rising his, his uh, targets. I mean, 10, 5, 7, 7, and 11 over the last, over the last five games. So he is, he is proving to be very, very effective um, and, is, and is rising up in terms of his production as well. I think a lot of that has to do with the absence of Robert Woods. Well, even though, but I mean, before last week, again, last week, yeah, was, you know, was eight catches, 11, you know, on 11 targets for 116 yards. But the, again, the weeks before, six of seven for 64, six of seven, 47, three of five for 54, four of 10 for 51 and a touchdown. He is, he is getting, he is being targeted when, um, when uh, Goff needs a completion. Uh, do you like Sammy Watkins or Larry Fitzgerald this week? Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Uh, Sammy Watkins has scored three touchdowns in the last four weeks, uh, but he's still not getting more than four catches. Uh, we li- we've talked about it earlier. We like Seals Jones because he's been a favorite target of Blaine Gabbard. And since Gabbard has come in, he has made Seals Jones an actual conversation piece in fantasy football conversations. But moving on to the Carolina-New Orleans matchup, two teams that are 8-3 and three that are going to be battling for the division lead. Greg, who do you like in this game overall? Uh, overall, I mean, to win the game, uh, I think I, I lead towards New Orleans, um, you know, at home. 
Uh, I think, you know, quarterback-wise, I'm going to go with Drew Brees. Numbers are a little bit disappointing this season, uh, but the, the touchdown and turnover ratios there, uh, he's the safer play, you know, versus, you know, Cam Newton. Uh, certainly you got to like Mark Ingram and the way he's run the ball uh, all season. Talk about a late bloomer at running back uh, when it comes to, you know, career and whatnot and and doing it with Kamara uh you know there as well I mean that's how the Saints are winning is running the game so I think you gotta like both running backs for the Saints um you know this week I do like Drew Brees um you know I'm I'm hesitant to do much with Carolina um you know as far as uh, expecting a lot of offensive production yeah you could have one of those games that ends up being a shootout but I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, I don't look at Carolina putting up a lot of huge numbers this year. So I'm favoring New Orleans' offensive side of the ball. Ryan, what are your thoughts going into this game? Well, I mean, obviously Alvin Kamara has just been an absolute beast, um, you know, along with Mark Ingram. I mean, those two have, you know, I think between the two of them, they're like both top four, both top five or both top six uh, at the running back position. Um, yeah, uh, Kamara's number three, Ingram's number six. So, I mean, they've both just been absolute monsters this year. Um, the, the wide receivers, it's kind of a crapshoot right now, even for the Saints. Um, you know, you know, Thomas has been getting targeted, but not necessarily having massive production because the Saints have been relying so much on the passing or on the run game. Um, you know, Drew Brees isn't even a top 10 quarterback because of it um and again it's not because he can't produce it's because he doesn't need to they can just hand the ball off and their two running backs will do everything for him um and so uh, as far as the panthers wide receivers go i'm not seeing a whole lot there uh in terms of consistency Funches maybe i mean i still like cam newton to i mean i i like cam newton to do semi-decent in this game it's just i don't know who he's going to throw to other than Christian McCaffrey if he plays. I don't know who that who's going to be the wide receiver to step up because it never seems to be the same. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, of, of the running backs, obviously I like Kamara, Christian McCaffrey I like in the game. Um, I'm a little nervous about Devin Funches um, with Lattimore projected to come back. I like Michael Thomas. I think this is going to be one of those games where Drew Brees throws the ball a little bit more. It's a home game. It's on turf. There will be some passing yards in this game. I, like Greg as well, um, like New Orleans in this game. Uh, moving on to probably the ugliest game of the week, the Giants and the Raiders. We've talked a lot about the, the Giants side. Uh, I had a question come in. Ryan, would you start any Giants player this week? Evan Ingram is the only one I would consider, and that's only because he's, you know, he's still a, a top ten tight end, um, and so I think he's still, I think he's still like top, yeah, he's number six in PPR. So um, he's the only guy that I would for sure, for sure, for sure start. Everyone else, and even then, it's well, you know, if I've got someone that might have a little bit better of a. Um, of a of a matchup, I might go that direction, but Evan Ingram's the only one I'm starting for the Giants. And then Greg on the other side of the ball for Oakland, Lynch is in the game, but Amari Cooper might not play in this game because of a concussion and an ankle issue. 
Crabtree's out for the one-game suspension. Jared Cook had a horrible game last week. Are you excited about any Oakland Raiders on this side of the ball? I think it's tough to be excited uh, with any Oakland Raiders on, uh, you know, for this week. You know, uh, maybe they're going to end up trying to run the ball, uh, you know, a little bit more. But uh, the the passing game, I think you have to expect the numbers are generally going to be, uh, you know, way down. Maybe New York's go ahead and key on the run. And this could end up ultimately being a very low-scoring, ugly turnover-filled game. Frankly, I think one of the better-looking players is Orleans Darkwaugh. Uh, you know, in this game, when you really look at things at the end of the day, how is this going to play out? You know, he's got as good a chance as producing as anybody else. All right. And the last game of the week that we'll cover, we'll cover the Monday night matchup, obviously, next week. But Philadelphia versus Seattle. Uh, so far this season, Russell Wilson has had a great year. Uh, I'm going to have Greg lead us on this one because of his bold prediction at the beginning of the season. How do you like Russell Wilson in this game? <laughs> yeah, so I'll go ahead and uh, you know, stay away from my comments on Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, at this point, obviously, he's, he's played pretty well uh, having to be their leading running back and quarterback. So, um, you know, when you're the Seahawks and you don't believe in putting any other offensive weapons on the field, it certainly helps for Russell to pad his stats. Nevertheless... Uh, you know, and this week, I actually think that um, it's going to be a tough game for Philadelphia to pull this one out. Um, I do like Seattle to win this game, um, you know, just the way Seattle traditionally does. Um, you know, if Philly goes into Seattle, though, uh, and wins this game, uh, that's, I think, really sending a message to the rest of the league uh, as far as, you know, them being the, the number one contender to win, to win it all this year. All right, Ryan, uh, for, for running backs – both teams are doing a lot of committee work. Um, if you had to start a running back on either side of the ball, who would you start? Well, I mean, again, the 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 Philadelphia Eagles are playing a lot. I, they're running the ball a lot, and it's just a matter of which one, which running back is actually going to be the productive one. So that's, I mean, that's kind of hard to predict. Um, as far as the Seahawks go, the only running back I'm willing to take right now is Mike Davis. Was it Mike Davis if he's healthy? That's the only one because I'm not taking Thomas Rawls. I'm not taking Slow Eddie Lacy. Um, McKissick is an option in PPR leagues, but only in PPR leagues, and he's only a deep flex, deep flex option. Um, Davis is only a deep flex option. If I again, so I mean, there, bar there's barely options on the Seahawks side. If I had to had to pick one uh, for the Eagles, uh, I'd probably still go JHI. But again, the Seahawks are one of the toughest or one of the toughest defenses against the run, and so they're going to make it very difficult for for them to run the ball. I and mean, they've been stopping everyone practically running the ball except for a couple of long plays this year. So. All right, from the wide receiver perspective, we talked a little bit about Alshon Jeffrey a little bit with his injury earlier. But from the wide receivers, outside of Alshon Jeffrey and Doug Baldwin on each side of the ball, do you look to start any of the other wide receivers, whether that be a Tyler Lockett, Paul Richardson, Nelson Aguilar in this game, Greg? 
I think when you look at Philadelphia, I mean, if we're not talking about Zach Ertz and we're not talking about Alshon Jeffrey, Aguilar becomes a bit of a stretch. He showed some flashes a couple of weeks ago, like maybe he was starting to emerge, but uh, that certainly appears to be the you know possibly a mirage uh, at this point. So I, I'm not I'm not enthralled uh, about going out there and, and trying to start Aguilar. Um, you know, over on Seattle, obviously, like you said, we talked a little bit about Baldwin. Um, you know, the rest of these guys, you know, Paul Richardson's had his moments. So, you know, maybe maybe I go ahead and look at him as probably this – I mean, after Baldwin, um, the second most attractive receiver to play this week in this game. Not including Zach Ertz and whatnot. Uh, all right, and uh, now on to the tight ends. Ryan, Jimmy Graham has been heavily targeted in the red zone. Not a lot of yardage from Jimmy Graham, but both of these tight ends have played very, very hot over the last couple of weeks. Which tight end do you like more and why? Well, Jimmy Graham, I mean, if I don't have the – I mean, I've got my league settings up on here, but Jimmy Graham is the number four tight end, and while he only has 447 yards – um, on the season, he has eight. He's leading tight ends with eight touchdowns, and so because of that, I am I am much you know I have no problems playing Jimmy Graham. Zach Ertz is going to get heavily targeted. He is going to be catching a lot. So um, you know they're they are both very good options. Um, you know both of them are. I think both of them are must starts. To be completely honest, both both Graham and Ertz. Which do you expect to have a better game? Probably, honestly, probably Ertz because um, the Seahawks have in the past had issues with tight ends, and now not only are they missing Sherman, they're also missing um, Cam Chancellor, and so they're they're having to use you know their number three safety, um, and and while the the linebackers for the Seahawks are extremely talented and can hold down tight ends. Zach Ertz has been doing it to everyone this year, and so um, I'd probably still have to go with Zach Ertz by a little bit. All right, so that will wrap up uh, the episode tonight. Once again, want to thank everyone for participating in the giveaway. Uh, for those of you who did win, look for an email uh, to go into your inbox tonight uh, in order so that we can get some of that information from you in order to mail it out to you. Thank you for participating. Thank you guys for listening tonight. Make sure to get those ratings and reviews out to iTunes. Thank you for listening and have a good night, guys. All right, we'll talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. 
Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.